I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. gracious me, hello, and welcome to this delightful little distraction, one good thing. It is I, Paul Alexander Salt, your humble host and faithful servant, and this little piece of magic is my podcast. Well, I don't know about that, sir. I'm just here to break up a family with my penis. Ah, my faithful manservant and butman, Paul, Cad and Caddy. He's a reliable chap, even if he is devoid of any kind of measurable moral consideration. Just looking out for my kids! <laughs> Join us, the OGT boys, already ready and riled to rabble of our faithful smirks and frightful wit, as we lock heads with Mordecai, the 2015 comedic caper picture. That's a lot of words there for a... <laughs> for a tart film? <laughs> yeah, for a film for absolute cupcakes. <laughs> clear this spit off my... Uh... <laughs> Whatever the fuck it's called. Just What's this called? Tweeze it off his pop filter. My pop filter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to suck my own spit off this uh, pop filter here. Marvellous. Oh, you do that excellently. Mm. All right, that's enough of that. Christ, that was tiresome, wasn't it? Yeah, can we just finish? Yeah, imagine doing that for an hour and fucking 47 minutes. All right, yes, we are indeed here. Continuing on with Recommendations Month. Yes, uh, Mordecai was recommended by Returning Bastards, the Blokebusters <laughs> podcast. Not satisfied with wrecking us the most boring Adam Sandler film in existence, <laughs> they've decided to complete the package and make us feel bad and shit as well. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So, yes, critics all came down with their own bouts of sympathetic retching. Um, Elizabeth Weitzman at the Daily News said, Kep mistakenly treats Mordecai's casual sexism, homophobia, blind privilege, and obscene entitlement as delightfully charming, rather than, like the film's clear precursor, Austin Powers, entertainingly clueless. Yes, I did wonder if I'd be the only person to notice all of that. <laughs> all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, meanwhile, slightly longer, uh, Peter Sobsinski at RogerEbert.com said, Mordecai is a film whose entire comedic foundation is based on two elements – Funny-looking moustaches and Johnny Depp's ability to do a mildly passable impression of Terry Thomas. And yet, screenwriter Eric Aronson keeps coming back to those particular wells over and over, despite having thoroughly mined whatever comedic awe they might have held after the first five minutes. You don't mine a, a well, right? Um, well, it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for those two things, uh, they are such a perfect combination that you do have to do absolute nonsense to, <laughs> in order to achieve that. Okay, well, so that that's not everyone, though. Some people liked it. Oh. Marikar Alili said, Hilarious! Don't believe those hipsters and their high standards. I couldn't even breathe anymore as I walked out of the theatre after laughing a lot. <laughs> yeah, the jokes are stupid, the acting is over the top, the story isn't that brilliant, and there isn't any deep shit plot twist. But really, who watches comedy and expects something that will make them contemplate about life? I contemplated about life, fucking Marikar, don't worry about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, it was yeah, it was bad, and the characters were abhorrent, and the the, <laughs> the screenplay was terrible, and the lights were gaudy, and the performances were drab, and, and it the wasn't film funny. was too long, and the performances were crap. <laughs> but you know, just fuck Shoreditch. 
Any, like any, anyone, anyone coming out of Shoreditch. Anyone who's ever been through there. Yeah. Fuck them. Come on. Birdman, for instance, received a lot of good feedback, but it's not that funny. <laughs> it's just deep. <laughs> Schindler's List. <laughs> barely laughed. The film has 5.5 on IMDb, 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, 27 on Metacritic, was nominated for three Golden Raspberries, and made two-thirds of its budget back. But all those people are hipsters. Okay, Paul, what did you think of Mordecai? You mustachioed fellow, you. Tell you one thing I did like. What's that? Film. (laughs) (laughs) Film. (laughs) Do you know what? I like like seeing a lot of, you know, humans. You know humans. Living, breathing, going about on the walkie. The ones with skin that grow. Yes. Okay. And, um, sometimes it stretches. Well, this is this is my point. This film had a lot of these mm. going on, and okay. I I, pre- I appreciate how pro people that is. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, what happens in Mort Decay? Oh, what does happen in in in, in Mort Deco? We set <laughs> we set our scene mm. in Hong Kong. Yeah, oh god, yes. Can I just point out at this stage how thoroughly exhausted I've just suddenly become? <laughs> yes, we're in we're in Hong Kong and um our dapper cheeky hero. Always um, cheeky and he's sh- talking about how good he is at swording. Charlie Mordecai. Charlie Mordecai is uh, by Johnny Depp. The domain of a man's upper lip is his sovereign ground. You have five minutes to shake Every it off. Mordecai man before me had the same. Why can't I? Oh, I happen to be terribly fond of it. Yes, it's selling a uh, Chinese vase mm. back to the Chinese. Oh, that's good. Like a true Englishman would. They would. They'd like that. Yes. Oh, they, they, don't they have enough of them? Well, Chinese vases. Well, apparently they want some of them back. Is, oh. is, is how it's gone. Well, how frightful! It transpires that this isn't the first time that Mordecai has uh, screwed them out of a deal. A, a, a fight ensues because uh, yes. they're not going to let Mordecai get away this time. So no, they're going to they take a finger. finger. Yeah. yeah, they want a finger. Just before they do, he calls his faithful manservant. Ooh, Jock. Jock Strap. Okay, that's his name. Um, Love it. Jock Strap is played by Paul Bettani from Italy, I think. Oh, yes. And he he is a big blonde bastard. Big <laughs> blonde bastard. He he shoots everything up basically. They uh, run away and they return to their stately manor in Reaposhia. Yes, Reaposhia via CGI transition. Uh, yes, which Paul, is maddening. They fly through the air holding they, hands. They re- back, They they rush back to their fucking yeah. mansion. Yeah, where his wife gets home, played by Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, Polish um, uh, mainstay, freshly steamed Gwyneth Paltrow who <laughs> gets home. They are so they're they're back in Mordecai Manor, yes. Um, which Mordecai has inherited because he is well, he's landed gentry basically. He's a yeah. complete and utter aristocrat sp- uh, scrounger. Oh, so he's better than us. Uh, yes, know your place, London. Yes, in almost every single way. He also oh, lives London. in Oxford, which is the best town. Oh, and um, he is growing a spruce moustache, which his wife finds repulsive, rightly so. Yes, and um, it make it makes a gag, which is uh, yeah, which is very funny. Which is a great gag. Yes, aha, especially when um, it turns out that Johnny Depp has a sympathetic gag reflex. Yes, absolutely. Um, because his character so far had been uh, ultimately devoid of quirks and aspects. Yes. No, no, steady yourself. <coughs> I beg you, darling, please, you know I have a sympathetic gag reflex. So finally we've got one, so we know something about his character. I mean, he talks posh, yeah. but you could hardly say to have had any kind of... And he has, like, effeminate mannerisms, although we haven't seen him run yet. For now, I am going to suggest we don't talk any more about the retching. That's right, I'm imposing a gagging order. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's 
All right, I'll give that five Pretty out good. of ten. Any, anyway, they are broke um, because oh, yeah. because Tax they're man. they're upper class. They're very broke because they're not paying the taxes and so on. Because he's a lovable rich man, and we all love the lovable rich man who don't pay the taxes. <laughs> oh, the NHS is falling apart. Back in the eighties, I just uh, I just got a degree for free, and that was fine, wasn't it? You know. <laughs> so they're they're broke, and they need to do something. Um, luck would have it because it's always, always lucky when you're rich. Yeah. Um, Luckily, across town, a woman gets murdered. Yes. Just in the back. Yeah, murdered all upper. Yeah, a guy um, steals the painting that she was working on, touching up. Yep, restoring. Um, yeah, it was a picture of a man's naked bottom, and she couldn't take her hands off of it. Ooh. And Robert runs away with it. He gets a bonk on the head. Yep. Not a sexy bonk, though. No, there are many. There are more of those to be had later. Oh, we'll get to the sexy bonkers. But he didn't get one because he was poor. Yeah, and foreign. So, Ugh. luckily for another rich, well-to-do, eaten kind of man, um, Ewan McGregor is a oh, Scotland it. Yard type motherfucker. Yep. And um, he has been tasked with solving this crime. He comes onto the crime scene and he's like, like, well, it's another, it's an art crime. So I have to find someone who's familiar with the underside of the art business. Mm. And that is Mordecai. And, and Mordecai says, well, yes, obviously I will. Um, I will help as long as uh, you give me some money because yeah. uh, I'm, I am an unsc- unscrupulous shit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, meanwhile, McGregor does have a bit of a past with Mordecai because basically he was in love with a girl for three years all the way through college. Um, and then he bust into a room in order to proclaim his love to the girl, only to find that she was having full-on cowgirl sex with Mordecai. Yeah, with all of that nicely set up. Oh, by the way, that chick was Joanna. Oh, yeah. Um, who is Mordecai's wife, who's disgusted by his mustache. Google all caught up. Yeah, brilliant. Full circle, let's carry on with the caper. Yes. Um, he checks out the crime scene and discovers that actually she was working on a lost Goya. Hmm. Yeah. David S. <laughs> Lost David. It was a script for a, f- a fourth Batman movie, a Nightwing spin-off that would have been the best thing ever. It also had Blade in it. Oh man! I know. Nightwing and Blade. Oh, no Fucking... wonder the crime world's after this. <laughs> so, what happens? Uh, he goes to the VNA and explains about the Goya. And meanwhile, Joanna meets with the Duke. Some guy called the fucking Duke, yep. who explains that actually the painting was. Uh, has Herman Goering's fucking pin number written on the back. Oh, yes. That's actually a fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> so now anyone could just go to a cash machine. Surely that would be his, uh, his pin number. Oh. You idiot. Start again. Hello, <laughs> welcome to One Good Thing. <laughs> Shit, now you're the host. <laughs> that's, that's how it happens. If you mess Fuck. up an acronym, <laughs> it switches tables. I've been waiting! Switches tables. 40 episodes. What happens if you mess up a common saying? Like, t- turns the tables. <laughs> You just die <laughs> instantly. It's quite harsh. Oh, I'd like to see that. Yeah, so anyway, Joanna goes and sees the Duke, finds out there's a whole bunch of Nazi shit. That's the end of that. Also, he tries to have sex with her in a bathroom. Mordecai, meanwhile, fucking goes and meets with... What's his name? Spinoza. Oh, yes. Who is an art smuggler. Yes, he's, he's an art smuggler. He's also working on his car, I think. And... Yes, on his Rolls Royce. Yes. Uh, he gets shot. Oh, he's played by Paul Whitehouse. He gets shot mm-hmm. uh, and dies. Yeah, he's not in the film anymore. No, thank God. He gets shot by the guy who stole the picture and then got bonked on the head. Yeah, there's, there's a, a tussle. There's a, sh- there's a shootout, and um, Paul Bettany comes on and does his bit, and um, they <laughs> they get away from him, and the police turn up, and they have a bit of a chat, and yeah. it transpires that. That's correct. Oh. Mordecai's captain taken to fucking Russia. Christ. In Russia, he's interrogated. They by, uh, to... by the lead main actor of Festin. Oh, lovely. Yeah, remember him? Yeah, that was a really oh, sh- sort of provocative and interesting film. Anyway, he threatens to electrocute his balls open. Yeah. 
to surgically open his testicles with electricity. Just, you know, it's it's a caper. Uh, He says, uh, I'd rather not that not happen. And Paul Bettany shows up and beats everyone up. Yes. Comes back. Yeah. And then goes to the USA because I don't fucking know. Something yeah. to do with Hugh McGregor wanting to spend time alone with Joanna. The, the Russian guy want, also wants the, the painting and, yeah. um, because yeah, he has a stake and he's a big gang guy. He goes yeah. to America because um, it turns out that a guy called Krampf wants Kramp. to buy his car. Why doesn't he go there and, and sell it? And that would be good. Hugh McGregor puts him on a plane there yeah. because he wants to spend some time alone with uh, Goopy Poltro. Yeah. He goes to the house. And Kramp is played by... Oh, shit, it's Sam Neill. Yeah. From good old Jurassic Park. Good old Sam Jeff Goldblum Neill, <laughs> as he's sometimes known. As he's sometimes known to his friends. Yeah, um, and who who gives a very weird performance. It's, yeah. it's, way, it's far too natural and um, like a real human. Yes, Jeff Goldblum just plays it straight. Yeah. He's not. Put, he's the only character in the film who's actually using his own voice, I think, yes, which John, is very upsetting. He, he's, he's, he's there now at um, Goldblum's uh, pad. He's a uh, sexy Olivia Munn daughter. Yes, he was an nymphomaniac, so there's plenty of fun to oh, be had there. Oh, yeah, that's going to lead to and, some capers. Uh, you know, all women are. Yep. They're not, not, not sex obsessed. Yes. How, do, yeah. Unless Paul Bettany's around. No. Who can have sex with anyone, irregardless of their own personal values. Yes, exactly. Um, we, we all love uh, Paul Bettany here. Can't wait to get him on the podcast finally. And <laughs> um, so it t- turns out that, um, Spinoza. Yes. Paul Whitehouse, um, mm-hmm. hid the Goya painting in the, um, the underside of the roof of Mordecai's Rolls Royce. Yes. And it was all, it was all a setup, so Goldblum. Because he knew could... he was gonna fucking go there and sell his car to him? I don't Yes. So. Why not? But yes, he's got the painting now, he's also got the car, but hey, Mordecai, why don't you stick around because we've got a fun, sexy upper class party to be had. During the party, there's a bunch of mishaps. Mordecai appears to be cupping a Olivia Munn's boobs, which yeah. upsets Gwyneth Paltrow, who's shown up with McGregor. Yeah. Um, the pa- they go to steal the painting. Um, yeah. Mordecai, Mordecai and Jock. Uh, yeah, Jock. Strap. Strap. They go to steal the painting, only to yeah. find out it's already been stolen and that Jeff Goldblum's dead. Yes. May he rest in infamy. Yes. You know, like that scene in Gosford Park. Oh, exactly like it. Yeah. So, yeah, it turns out that Olivia Munn and the, um, the dirty foreign reactionary um from from the beginning who yep. stole the painting and also shot at Mordecai and killed Spinoza they are in cahoots um <gasps> to fund international terrorism i think oh my god was, was the reason it's fucking dark yeah um but but it was done in a kind Caper. of but it was done in a foreign accent so it was all funny it was all like, <laughs> oh, revolution with full of world good morning yeah and yeah. then Mordecai Johnny Depp points at him and goes ha you foreigner uh, real <laughs> genuine line. yeah they go back they follow them back to a motel yeah there's where a standoff and somebody does somebody die the, the the goya is burnt the does the daughter die does olivia munn die at that point i don't know i don't care no they burn they burn the painting yes they, but it they, turns out they take another cgi back to london and it turns <laughs> out that yes this wasn't the original painting no that was actually hand sta- um hanging in the bathroom and that when the duke was actually trying to it seemed like the duke was trying to relentlessly roger gwyneth paltrow in fact he just wanted to take her to the bathroom and show her the painting but was doing so in the most inappropriate way on earth and fully intending to roger her once oh, okay. to the bathroom. Well, that's the thing. Is in a world where every single sentence pertains to a penis going into something yeah. else. How are you supposed to actually give someone helpful yeah. advice? You just have to assume. Fucking hell! What else happens? Um. So they get the they get the painting uh-huh. from the dead Duke, who is dead now. Their plan is now they're going to auction it off. Um, yes. Oh Jesus! Um, in, 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 a, in a special yes, there it's it's the it's the real third act. You thought oh. the third act was about fifty minutes ago. So they're going to auction the painting. Hidden inside of one of his other paintings. Yes, and he's going to bid against it to drive the price up. 
Yeah. He's going to tell Sir Graham, who is another art dealer that he they, they spoke with earlier, uh-huh. um, to get in touch with Romanov, the Russian played by the main guy from Festin. Mm. And um, remember him, everyone? And tell him that the painting is still around if he wants to bid on it. They're going to tell somebody else and yeah. um, get everybody to converge on the uh, the auction, auction house, house of London or something. Yeah. And so they, everybody does that. There are some fights, standard bullshit, and um, Mordecai makes it into the auction house in time to Yay. bid against it. He he knocks it up to ten million. Romanov bets thirty. Basically, Romanov gets the, the painting. Um, it turns out he didn't put the painting in. He put no. in a different painting. Yes. Um, consequently, fucking Mordecai still has the painting. Yes. He's still damning incredibly... Sir Graham to a life of torture and, yes. and misery. Absolutely. He still has the painting. He's still going to be poor. But Gwyneth Paltrow has learned to accept his awful mustache. Yes. And he and she reveals to Ewan McGregor that she'd been playing him all along. Um, oh, yes, to get to get him on her side um, because she knew that he still had the hots for her. Um, yep. Hope you don't mind. Uh, oh, so frightfully rich. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then, yes, the mustache thing, which yes. had, has been re- referenced maybe every fifteen seconds throughout the film. Yeah, he says that he'll shave it to make her happy, and she says, "That's all I wanted." Now let's have some sex with absolutely no comeuppance for either yeah. of us. <sighs> yeah. So, if somebody were to put a gun in my face right now and in- say, "Imminently plausible," yes, considering everything we've just been through, yes, and say, "What did you think of this film?" Tell me it's good news. <laughs> I think I just have to say, can you let me call my loved ones? <laughs> yeah. Because it was terrible. It was dreadful. It was a terrible, terrible film. It was a essentially an action comedy that wasn't funny or exciting with incredibly annoying characters all the way through. There's nothing worse than bad comedy. Yeah. The film is really brutally unfunny. And it's just, it's such, it's the type of comedy as such is that everybody's gurning and sort of doing these extraordinary things in the hopes that they'll catch your attention. Yeah. But it's just, it, when that doesn't work, when they're misfiring mm. so badly, that it, it really is quite grating. And I think the worst thing for me was the inauthenticity yeah. of it. It was very inauthentic. Everything yeah. felt very affected. And maybe that's because it's a very old book being adapted by an American screenwriter for uh, an American director mm. with largely non-English actors in it. It yes. just and it's it's meant to be this sort of height of Britishness thing. I have here an extract from the books from the Mordecai okay. books because they were based from Mordecai that these series of books. Yes. So this is a sort of witticism I think that's okay. probably filling the book so we can see how I respond to this. Bed is the only place for protracted telephoning. It is also excellently suited to reading, sleeping and listening to canaries. It is not a good place for sex. Sex should be take place in armchairs, or in bathrooms, or on lawns which have been brushed but not too recently mown, or on sandy beaches if you happen to have been circumcised. If you are too tired to have intercourse except in bed, you are probably too tired anyway, and should be husbanding your strength. Mm. That's the nature of the sort of yes. witticism. It's dry and verbose. And very droll, yeah. Yeah, very droll. I think droll is the right word for yeah. it. It seems to be going from, it's it's sort of following on from Flashman and yeah. and, and things like that, I think. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's and meant I, to be like a ruder Jeeves and Worcester, I guess. Yes, and I, and I think the way to to be honest, I think Kingsman did better mm. at that, at sure. capturing that spirit. Yeah, um, because the key to the novels was, I mm. think, that Mordecai is is charming and likable yeah. despite being a fairly sort of yeah. Um, odious little but I think swine. He's, he's also meant to be plainly absurd I mean what I read there the idea that oh sex should only be done in an armchair yeah. it's clearly not meant to be genuine like oh yes that sounds great yeah. it's, it's clearly meant to be a, rid- a ridiculous figure yeah. 
but they didn't really they played him somewhat for ridiculousness but all too often he's the sort of good guy in particular the, mm. the the scene that i found one of the more irritating ones and ones that people seem to champion is when he goes to the uh hotel reception in america yeah and it's entirely unclear who the straight man and who the absurd one is meant to be here so all i must do is show up and i'm presented with a credit card no wonder your country's in financial ruin Hmm. Do you need help with your bags? No, I do not need help with my bags. I have a fucking manservant. It didn't help that there was just there was just so much inconsistency with the characters. Yeah, I, I had a, a, a real issue with the with his relationship with his manservant Jock Strap. Mm. It didn't it just didn't have a grip on it. So I think in in the beginning it was like an Inspector Gadget and Penny type relationship where Mordecai was just a bumbling <laughs> yeah fuck nut yeah and 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 Bethany was this long suffering but highly capable manservant who mm. just did everything you know stoically took all the punishment that came his way. Yes. And then that changed a, a little later on to Johnny Depp, just Mordecai just being the kind of character that arbitrarily just injures his manservant all, yeah. all the time. Yeah, so and there he's was a, the sort of one with the upper foot. Yeah, there was yeah. 15 minutes or so where he just kept injuring him. And then it changed to Mordecai being so unbearably stupid that it was angering Jockstrap. And then it goes yeah. back to being this like gadget and penny thing. But they weren't, uh, and they weren't leaning heavily into the sort of Inspector Gadget Penny um, tr- dynamic because there yeah. the idea is that one is incredibly incompetent and yet in some way charming and yes. therefore gets ahead whilst the other is the intelligent one yeah instead it's kind of like sherlock holmes and penny where sherlock holmes is the sort of incredibly brilliant mm. you know in this case art uh, art critic mm. who understands art brilliantly and understands the art world brilliantly and is able to outmaneuver everybody apparently so it seems yeah. meanwhile fucking jock is meant to be this very handy charismatic and down-to-earth guy so he's meant mm. to be the watson except that he's also sort of the one who has to steer him out of trouble so he's, yeah he's, he also has to be the sort of authoritative figure and uh, it just it causes a clash between the two and i think that is most plainly revealed when in the third act fucking for the most part he just disappears and it's mm. just him and joanna yeah and it's it the dynamic you know it's 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 not lacking now because there was never one there in the first place so it's just mm. another set of mismatched characters there are times where i thought oh they're trying to get us to sympathize with mordecai despite yeah. him being a horrendous bastard yeah just truly like odious upper class piece of shit yeah absolutely. or is it is it ewan mcgregor's character oh no because he's also trying to fuck gwyneth paltrow mm. it was just a film again and a film of just thoroughly unlikable <gasps> characters and you can't have comedy when you don't care about any of them it was i mean that sequence of him walking in on gwyneth paltrow and mordecai having sex yeah. um, in his teenage years you know i felt i felt sad for him in that mm. moment that was like a, a meant to be a poignant moment of yeah. walking in on the girl you have affection for and she's you know, just riding in the most vulgar yeah. way, this other person. The, the film really portrays that quite bluntly yeah. to be like a, a shock gag. Um, but then just coming back to the future, he's a dick. Yeah. He's a dick to everyone. But then you think, oh, I wish Gwyneth Paltrow wasn't with Mordecai. He's an asshole. Oh, but I don't think she should be with fucking him anyway, cause, uh, with Ewan McGregor, cause he is yeah. an asshole. But then again, she herself. Yeah. Is an asshole. So well, yeah. what are they meant to feel here? I, I have no idea, which is like the only the only conclusion I can draw from that is you're yeah. supposed to go, God, what a f- hilarious, dastardly bunch of characters. I wish I was yeah. all of them. Because again, if Gwyneth Paltrow was meant to be the like long-suffering wife who has to put up with Mordecai yeah. and always ridiculous paintings yeah. and oh, sell some stuff. There's no reason to keep holding yeah. all this stuff and oh, your mustache. You know, we're meant to sympathize with her for like having to put up with this 
dick yeah. and yet she's really unpleasant about it like refusing yeah. to talk to him or be around yeah. him whilst he has a mustache which he clearly likes and, yeah. and actually tr- kind of tries to appeal to her in very humble terms about how he's fond of his mustache yeah. humble yet garrulous lest there be a second <laughs> of silence in the fucking film absolutely and yet she she's immediately just turns away from this somewhat tender moment to just be like make up the guest bedroom for him yeah i don't want to fucking see him <laughs> doesn't see this piece of shit <laughs> pointing into his face i mean unless to talk about his fucking mustache because yeah we spend an hour on it <laughs> we, we spend like we must spend half of the scenes of the film talking about this fucking mustache. And it's not, it wasn't funny the first no. time. It was, it was maybe a bit like, oh, they're having a little, like, contretemps about the, um, about the yeah. mustache. Oh, Which is the whole drama of the film. They've got nothing else. Yeah. It's, the, it's, it's literally the only thing. She's more put out by the, the fact that he has a mustache than when she comes along and sees him squeezing Olivia Munn's breasts. Yeah. It is no different and no better to, Kevin James style of comedy mm. where silence isn't funny. So yeah. let's just pack the, the, yeah. the scene. Let's just pack the viewers poor, poor ears yeah. with sounds and just something. It's so deferential to the past and this idea of tradition. Like, you know, Paul Bettany looks like the minder for minder. Yeah. He just, uh, and it's clearly meant to be that relationship and it's, it's, it's a caper and it's, yeah. even if you're, if you're unaware of what it's referencing, you really get the idea that it is referencing this thing. You know, the, he looks a lot like Terry Thomas, the old musical comedian and fifties and sixties British film star. Mm. And it's just, it's, it's so mired in its own sort of bibliography of things, mm. of references. That there's just nothing interesting about it. If 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 only that was the only they were the only problems with the film. I mean, yeah. he like himself looks his face looks like it's been mocapped. Yeah, it's just such a like well, confusing mess of expressions. Yes. Yeah, so let's get on to Johnny Depp. Yeah. Now there's an accusation leveled at Johnny Depp that he's not actually a great actor, and nor is he a great character actor. And what he is is a caricaturist, like an impressionist, and that what he can do is sort of create these great comic book characters. And if you look at a lot of his performances, you can kind of see that, even the better ones. I mean, obviously, Jack Sparrow is, you know, just a, a, a list of um, mannerisms. Entertaining ones, originally, yeah. before the bit got a bit, got quite thin very quickly. But entertaining mannerisms and a sort of interesting, a, a beguiling presence is what he was, as opposed to a rich character. Yes. And there's this accusation that maybe that's just Johnny Depp and that's what he does. Because if, for example, Ed Wood is a really great movie. Mm. But if you watch that movie, it's a, a very entertaining movie about a very strange young man. Yeah. Played by Depp. I will direct your attention to What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Right. To Donnie Brasco. Sure. Which I think are both very, very sort of grounded performances. And, okay. And Actual people you yeah. might meet. Yes, obviously, when you get you get to things like Sleepy Hollow, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a caricature. Yeah. But it... It's an, an incredible one. caricature. Yes, it's um, very entertaining. He no longer gives entertaining caricatures. You see his clip of him and you want to see more. Yeah. The Mordecai men have always been in tip-top shape. Fit as a fiddle. That's not Mordecai. And it's the same with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yep. Which I, I can only, when people say that that was their favourite, preferred of the two and that Roald Dahl actually would have preferred that one I just all I can do is stare open mouth at them because (laughs) I just I have nothing to say to them anymore yeah Uh, Gene Hackman kind of made the role his own it may not be Roald Dahl's Gene Hackman coming to my motherfucking (laughs) chocolate factory you you bastards fuck Gene Wilder 
Yeah. Tim Wilder may not have. Um, <laughs> what a terrifying film that would have been. <laughs> terrifying creation. Film. In the in the postscript of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Roald Dahl actually said, "Must have Gene Hackman." <laughs> get in the fucking tube. <laughs> um, look, look, she's gonna turn into a fucking blueberry. It's gonna be amazing. Watch it, piece of shit. Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka may not have been Roald Dahl's, but it was very definitely Gene Wilder's, and yeah. it was, you know, special for that reason. Yeah, this superb. Probably isn't original author's Mordecai, but nor does it necessarily feel like Depp's. It's Terry Thomas's Mordecai, not done by Terry Thomas, and it just yeah. feels very inauthentic. But you look at a Terry Thomas performance, and he knows when to pause. You're getting it, yeah. Like you- a- Johnny Depp clearly is not a comedian. You know, he's not a comic. He's not a comedian. He doesn't seem to get timing. He just he just comes on and does. He just fills the space like a liquid. He says a line and then spends several seconds doing facial reactions to the line he just Mm. said. Mm. Yes, yes, making noises and just moving his face around. You could the 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 sheer cacophony of that man's (laughs) mumbling and noises is deafening. Oh, His facial expressions have a cacophony. I, I was thinking this morning, oh my god, he's doing uh he's doing a Nick Swartzen. And then I thought <sighs> No, Nick Swartzen's doing a fucking Johnny Depp. Oh god. <laughs> That's all Depp has been doing and it mm. it does to me have the same effect as as watching Nick Swartzen perform. Mm-hmm. Um and it makes me realise that Depp is gonna be up there as a three man <laughs> relatively soon, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um you can't just do things on top of things. Yeah. On top of things. Because mm. it's it's like you said, it's just cacophony. Oh gosh. The stakes of just a picture has gone missing isn't high enough. And yes. the stakes they attribute to it are therefore made um, kind of Hollywoodized mm. by saying, Oh, it relates to terrorism and Nazi bank accounts. Yes. And the, and the issue is, when you try to Hollywoodize British things, it never works. I always, always, always think mm. of the Mission Impossible. We've got to save the Prime Minister of Great Britain! <laughs> and just how nonsense that is. And how little British people yeah. would care. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> Not the Prime Minister! <laughs> no! But it's, every, every time you have like a... You don't you don't do fast paced action scenes in British films. You do Dead Man Shoes. You do Paddy Considine walking yeah. up to somebody in a raincoat. Yes, it has to be grim yeah. or absurd. Like yeah. you go Edgar Wright and have like a chase for a model village in a couple of fucking yeah. minis. Yeah, there's a chase in this, and it, uh, you know what? The nature of it kind of reminded me of Sherlock. And Sherlock's an interesting idea here because mm. Sherlock is a very fucking Sherlock Holmes. Sorry, is a very Americanized version of a very british story mm. and it pertains some elements of britishness to it but does manage to be big and epic and kind of exciting yeah. so i was thinking of the difference between the scene the fight in the dockyard yeah. in the first sherlock holmes and the fight in the car dealership in this and god i know it's so crap and yeah. small and uninteresting yeah and i feel like if you're gonna americanize this if you're gonna hollywoodize this yeah. sorry then Make it visually exciting in a Hollywood style. Yeah. Because this is just dull. It's like, oh, I'm on the bonnet. Do you want to know the difference? Yeah. The difference is Sherlock Holmes knows Wing fucking Chun. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And he breaks people's bodies like that. Mordecai... Is he's apparently a, he's good a at bum- fencing? Well, he's a no, he's not. Is a thing. He 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 runs away immediately. That's right. He says yeah. in the beginning, "I'm good at fencing with most firearms," which is a line from the author's bio of the original novel. Interestingly, <laughs> like it was okay, a comical bio he wrote. Not to the fans. <laughs> You'll love this one, guys. Yeah. What? 
Hey, <laughs> even the people who read who loved the books forgot who they were. Um, but he's just a bumbling fool. And when has yeah. there ever been only Jackie Chan can do a fun action sequence revolving around the idea that the hero is a bumbling fool? And Eddie Ray's Jr. Yes, Eddie Ray's Jr. <laughs> can do it as well. Um, hot young thing, not that hot young surf boy. But yeah, it, 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 because if you're gonna have a very clumsy character, use slapstick. Yes. Have him like accidentally do really impressive things and make and look bumbling whilst he's doing it. Yes. Don't have him just awkwardly, realistically <laughs> awkwardly fumble his way for an action scene because it's yeah. dull. There's, there's no there's no subtlety. Well, I mean, nothing is subtle, which extends to the music, which is a fucking oh. horror show. Uh, Mark Ronson and Zinelli, right. Jeff, Jeff Zinelli or someone. Um, right. They said that it was it was scored based on that principle, basically. Like Mordecai mm. is such a lively yeah. character where things are always happening. They yeah. they scored it on that principle. Yeah. Everything is always happening. Yes, faster. It is the perfect music for what is going on on Johnny yeah. Depp's face during this movie, which yeah. is uh, which is constant eyebrow rolls and mm. and and gurning and mugging and it's you, you can't you can't get away from it. What is this film offering? Is yes, not, what is it doing thing. new? You know, it, it's not there's, there's nothing is the answer yeah. to that in case you were wondering <laughs> it is it is just a pastiche it's it's, it's yeah. firmly rooted in it's not even rooted in the 60s and 70s because i'm sure the stuff coming out at the time wasn't hey it's the 60s everyone well that's the thing yeah is yeah. you make it like that yeah. it's inferior even as an example of that yeah all right paul we're one good thing yeah no, no movie is worthless yeah before we quick fire the like moments the fucking solitary seconds in which we had blips on our e- mm. ekgs can we rebrand this at all? Well, Can we see why why fucking Marika Halili liked this so much and is so frustrated at us and people like us for picking it apart? I don't think you can fault it for effort. <laughs> it depends, because if that effort extended to like coming up with a new idea... I mean, it's pretty ambitious, I'd say. It's hardly a, a tried-and-true safe yeah. formula. Where's your previous example of something like this succeeding? Mr. Bean? Maybe the idea was, okay, this is the new Austin Powers. Remember that yeah. decade ago? I, I maybe I, two. I, I guess, but it wasn't. It wasn't parodying it. But anyway, this wasn't parodying yeah. anything. Is the is the difference? It no. wasn't. It wasn't really that closely related to Austin Powers. It ended up being because it was crap, <laughs> and and not to say Austin Powers is crap. I quite right. I quite like the first two. But when you go into like the the production design and yeah. and the the costumes and the, yeah. the performances, for fuck's sake! I mean, they were pretty bad, but they were yeah de- like a star for effort. I mean, yeah, everyone was trying. Apparently, the novels are great. Right, they're 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 fairly popular. Fair enough, and you know, yeah. you, you read the novels, and appara- apparently, one of the many stories that were being told on the IMDb trivia page mm. is that these books were just sort of dog-eared, passed around. Everyone recommends you should read this. Okay, and that's how it came into Johnny Depp's hands. He read the books, he fell in love with it. Oh. Apparently, this was a bit of a passion project for Johnny Depp. Um, right. That I, as far as I read, it would have to be because I can't yeah. see why else they would get involved. Yeah. This is the sort of thing that should be starring Mackenzie Cook. Not, you know, international yeah. superstar Johnny Depp and Gwyneth Paltrow. Well. And Ewan McGregor. Ewan. Ewan McGregor. Uh, see, I, the I, Russian I, I, actor. I can't see it working as a Mackenzie Crook thing either. That's. Just... Oh, no, I'm not saying it would be better. I'm saying this is by rights. What should this thing be? This, this, this film should have been Kingsman. Yeah, as, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it should have either been Kingsman or it should have been Austin Powers. Mm. Um, for whatever whatever reason they decided to make this film for, mm. it was the wrong reason. Yeah, <laughs> Less, we can we can agree on that. Yeah, but but 
people were definitely trying hard and i think you yeah. can you can see that but, like the posters for this were just all of the main cast with those mustaches yes so clearly they thought the idea of just the mustaches was funny hilarious the, the mustache is funny on johnny depp yeah it's gonna be funny on gwyneth paltrow it's gonna be funny on uvan mcgregovich <laughs> it's just funny yeah but so funny yes that was the case and then they went ah oh, what about other jokes Nah, let's not. P- people won't get them and they'll be annoyed. <laughs> they'll be like, let's, what about the moustache? <laughs> What's happening? Where, where's he at? <sighs> anyway. All right. Well, so I-, I don't think we... Yeah, I think Please. we're going to have to. We haven't been able to turn this round. No, I... Effort. I'm, I, I, I <laughs> gen, gen, genuinely the effort. I think the cost. Okay. I, I, I think the costumes were pretty, were pretty cool. And okay. I, th- I think, it, like, I mean, it was a big old production. I'm just amazed that it got off the ground, and yeah. I don't necessarily know if I've completely understood how all right tell you what let's quick fire and maybe we'll get we'll, we'll be able to swing something as we're going <laughs> i feel like i've swung it i don't feel you have <laughs> listeners at home tweet tweet to us <laughs> tweet us right now if you've been convinced hashtag swung <laughs> let's fucking quick fire fuck yeah um yeah okay so the first moment that made me actually laugh okay sorry let me rephrase the moment that made me actually <laughs> laugh oh probably the only one i think we each had had an yes we we each had an yeah like grown-ups yes very much so and they were different hmm. my one was when paul bettany has been commanded to go get some awful cheese so that ewan mcgregor might eat it and that would be funny because he'd be eating bad cheese yeah he has to hold his breath and is clearly reacting in misery and in and amongst this he makes a noise <laughs> a whimpering noise that was very out of character for both the jock and for paul bettany and i appreciated that and it made me smile very good. Um, oh, I might as well use do my comedy moment then. This came, uh, would you believe it, from Paul Whitehouse. Is he playing a Greek? I think so. He's playing a, he's playing a Greek and he's yeah. got that kind of um, Stavros yes, um, yeah. accent from old Harry Enfield. He, he's got this big old spiel about something going on and like the plot up to now. And he, he does that Wayne's World thing where the sound drops off. And yeah. you hear that, you're going to have to get a doctor to pull it out again. Yeah. And in this in this case, he goes, eh? You mother-loving bastard. Hello. That hello at the end is yeah. very unexpected. It was a very, that's my penis line. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a moment where he's going to bribe Spinoza um, to give him information. And Spinoza seems to have trouble with his eyes. Like yes. he's, he keeps uh, going cross-eyed and sort yeah. of focusing and stuff like that. And Mordecai offers to give him 50 British pounds in exchange for information. Oh, yeah. And yet very visibly holds up a fiver, which Spinoza tries to focus on. Yeah. But can't. He can't, like, focus in in time as he takes the money away. And it's not focused on. And I think most people who weren't very familiar with British money wouldn't notice what he had done. Yeah. And so it was quite a good little subtle moment of Mordecai being a cheap bastard. Yeah, you're right, actually. They didn't dwell on that at all. Not at all. Very good. <laughs> there are plenty of character moments. Hmm. It's just a shame that they were rubbish. <laughs> but they had the right idea. The quantity was good. Yes. But the quality yeah. was shithouse. <laughs> um, Jeff Goldblum used his own voice. I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's his own voice. And I really appreciated that. Gwyneth Paltrow's gag noise was pretty good, actually. And yeah. it was good comedic timing. I mm. only wish that um the joke, the final joke hadn't been a Depp or so had a gag reflex so had to do it every time that she did Gwyneth Paltrow did yeah yeah um so caveats <laughs> in this one this, <laughs> this, this week's quick fire <laughs> terms and additions may comply um when uh they're, they're checking out the crime scene and they come across a note that um Mordecai deduces to be from a child he goes oh a woman spawned a child how odious and then he he opens a bottle of wine and glugs from it 
and he goes mm, mm, like that as he's drinking it as the pe- everyone else starts talking mm. and it was a good very good mix of of, of things there and they, oh, they, yeah. again it was not drawing attention to the mm. I think in spite of all the kind of grossness around Paul Bettany's character yeah. not limited to the fact that it's it's sort of seen at various points Mordecai is made to feel like less of a man because he's not able to just inexplicably capture women yeah. from nowhere the most ridiculous one is I remember thinking he, he's they're, they're in his flat that he has inside of the manor which is in the middle of absolutely nowhere and he has a kebab. And I remember thinking, where the hell did he get that? How did he get it there? Warm. Oh, yeah. Like, how did he get that kebab? Yes, of course. And then there's a woman who just comes in. And I was like, hang on a minute. Where did she come from also? <laughs> did he just pop out to, like, chat her up and was like, yeah, come back to my place. It's quite nice. 45 minutes later, <laughs> yeah. whilst he stopped to pick up a kebab, they've managed <laughs> to get home. Yeah, it doesn't matter um, how they got there. It matters that they did. <laughs> he did. Because yeah. he just summoned her. He yeah. can do that. In spite of the grossness of sort of using women as trophies to, like, ascertain what a man he is, mm. I quite liked Paul Bettany's performance. For the most part. There was... The, the, the dynamic was fucked. Yeah. With a better sidekick, he'd have been fine. But there was an earnestness to him for the most part. Yeah, okay. That I bought into. And yeah. I didn't find his accent frustratingly bad. Which is special, I feel. Hmm. Yeah, agreed. had he been used appropriately to sort of inject a bit of, you know, working man's uh, what's the word um, perspective, <laughs> yeah, into the whole thing to like underscore and emphasize the absurdity yeah. of his surroundings, it might have been a better film. It might have been if he was a grommet. Um, if he was a grommet yeah. to everybody else's Wallace, this would have been a better film. You know what? He had a very expressive face actually like yeah. Comet and that that could have been really good <laughs> when uh, Mordecai realises that he's in Russia he, he goes to draw, draw the curtains in his interrogation room mm. and there's an establishing shot through the window of the Kremlin with some very vigorous Russian music playing that right. lasts for only as long as the, the shot right as soon as it goes back to his face it's done yeah that was a nice little bit of editing there yeah good stuff there is a mildly redeeming moment um, for Mordecai, when um, Mr. Jockstrap is being um, put upon by Chinese gangsters, ah. and you know he's waiting around the corner, he sees Jock about to have his finger cut off, and he takes yes. and he's weaseling around the corner. Mm. He's, he's not absolutely not ready to go and fight him, his own battles. Yeah, but then he does. He, yeah, he, he comes around the corner, gets a big hammer off yes. the wall because it's an auction house. Yeah, sure, big hammer, and, and and then he beats him around the head with it, surely murdering them. Yes, and and he. He actually earns Jockstrap's respect. Yeah. Just briefly. And there was a, he, so he almost earned something in the film. Wow. Yeah. What a moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. what, did anyone <laughs> manage to find a good thing about this? You know what? Yes. Oh shit. So from Candare Podcast at Candare Pod, we've yep. got no animals were harmed during the making of this film. Oh, isn't that lovely? And I have to say, really? Ooh. I didn't check. Oh, we, so... didn't, we didn't watch till the very end of the credits like we usually no. do. Like, diligent, like, um, vigilant pool boys. Which is where they put all of the footage of them harming animals, usually. Yeah, usually. Um, Blokebusters just keeps just keeps laughing at us. I don't know what that's about. Anyway, oh, that's um, Cecil Hops at One Aussie Nerd One uh-huh. said, I like the costumes. Ah, mm. yeah, it's a lot of um, sort of dinner jackets and such. Yes, yeah, it was very good, and he does go on to criticise um, a lot of Adam Sandler after that, so, <laughs> which, which I, I really agree with. And 
proving his point. Brian from Blockbusters says uh, there is literally nothing good about this. Never been angry and oh, so why did you answer? I was asking for good things. What? No, don't <sighs> don't tweet a bad and I mean it's like us. We're here to find good things in podcasts. We wouldn't spend most of a podcast completely shitting all over a movie only to vaguely pull it back in the last few moments. It's That's a... not the pull away. No, sir. No, sir. Finally, we've got Full Start Podcast at Full Starts Pod. That one good thing. The feeling of knowing this movie eventually ends. That was marvellous, wasn't it? Does it end? <laughs> Does it end? It didn't feel that way watching it. Yeah, false start podcast. I, I started to lose my belief. Yeah. You're an hour in now, says Paul, at the 20 minute mark. <laughs> so thank you for that, everyone. Oh, dear. All right, well, let's talk about the one better thing. The one better thing. I decided to do, go with The Adventures of Tintin, The Secret ah. of the Unicorn, the 2011 film directed yes. by Steven Spielberg. The CGI animated, would you call it? Yes, yeah, yeah. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose definitely so. Tin, <laughs> uh, Tintin and Captain Haddock team up and mm. go in search of a mysterious haunted ship of which Haddock's ancestor was Captain. Christ, I want to watch it now. Yeah, Just... well, <laughs> that's a nice surprise, Paul, because uh, it's amazing. <laughs> It was amazing, just yeah. like the tiniest bit of plot detail. Yeah. Just fully swept me up into it. Yeah, I know. I absolutely love this film. And what I love about it is it's so well written and performed. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's a wonderful tale of swashbuckling and old-fashioned mm. adventure with a modern twist. But in this case, it just means updating the language and directing style, the comedy. And, yeah. Um, making the comedy very modern, not making the comedy... You know, just like they did in the 20s. Or no! Whenever Tintin set. Homophobia. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, actually, yes, Tintin does have, like, friends yeah. who are called something like Ching Chong Charlie Man or yeah. China Man or something. There's some very outdated humour mm. in Tintin and they propped around it yes. and found the stuff that could actually apply to modern audiences. Yeah, well, original Tintin does, Tantan, does feel very sort of imperial colonial, doesn't yeah. it? Still. And, and what Spielberg did... <laughs> Cleverly. There, there are some great oneers, which is for me a feat, whether it's animated or not. Oh God! Um, and the adventure is as immersive as the best bits of Uncharted, which I recently became obsessed with. <laughs> it does capers better. Yep. It does action better, humor better, slapstick better, <laughs> accents better. It's more fun. It's more intelligent. The plots more involving. Yeah, nowhere near as many jokes about fucking married women. Some, yeah, but you know, <laughs> nowhere near as many. Still worth a watch, despite despite <laughs> that. Excellent. My one better thing. Well, I mean, if you want a mustachioed eccentric character, a really wonderful comedic performance that's funny, kind of, in a kind of effeminate way, but in a way that is absolutely self-assuredly real and believable and expertly timed, a character who gets muddled up in an art heist and a real drama that's easy to relate to and get excited about because of the stakes which are created around it instead of just artificially relating it to something else... Mm. I mean, you've got to watch um, Wes Anderson's The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. It's, um, yeah, one of my favourite of his. It's just so delightful. It's so funny. There's mm. All of the character actors in it are giving um, these really interesting performances. I'm thinking of Willem Dafoe as the sort of vampiric yes, um, hitman yeah. who sort of performs these terrible acts of violence. Yeah. <laughs> which really sort of, yeah, puts stakes on things. First in a Wes Anderson film as well, like yes. terrible violence, I think. Yeah, absolutely. There's, it's there's very odd... shocking. Yeah, it was shocking. Uh, and yeah, it, it's got action sequences that are yeah. fun, including the whole ski lift, um, ski, skiing yeah. bit. And even the shootout at the end. Um, yeah. It's entertaining, but it all just revolves around and is 
all about Ray Fiennes. Oh, God. Who turns out to have the best, I mean, this is before a bigger splash, and it just, he has the best comedic timing. Who'd have known? <laughs> Who'd have known? Like, uh, the, the, some of the visual gags, like the one that they put in all of the trailers of him running away from the police. It's just the funniest yeah. thing. It's before Hail Caesar too, sorry. That also demonstrated his comedic God, yeah. chops. Um, Perfect. Mm. Instant hit, that one, for me. Really great. Yeah. And yeah, that was the one better thing. The one better thing. Thanks for listening to the one better thing. Thank you for listening to whatever this podcast is called. Yeah, and screw you, Blightbusters. <laughs> no, thank you. That was ter- truly bad. That was awful. Well done. Um, thankfully, we swung it around. <laughs> Hashtag Paul Swung. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we've had a few people interacting uh, at OGT Pod. It's been really good hearing from everyone. <laughs> and if you do have some good feedback, put your nice tweets in a review. If you mm. if you if you give us a review, send sends us up some chart. More people, more people are going to listen to us, and then you're going to spread the good, um, good positivity that we've been spreading around recently yeah. with these films. Oh, we're lovely. Yeah, honestly though, if you could leave us a review, that would be the most awesome thing that anyone uh. has ever done to me. <laughs> Other than that, my novel Dockhead is available in paperback on Amazon, five ninety nine. Check check the Twitter. Um, I will occasionally put the links up there. <laughs> I, ha- I have been meaning to put it just in the Facebook group as well as like yeah. a permalink, but um, I haven't yet because. <laughs> Got too much sandwich. Money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The books are selling too well. We need to <laughs> slow this down, yeah. says Amazon to Paul. Am- Amazon called me last night and they're like, Goodman, we've got to put a stop to this. <laughs> More <laughs> steam! <laughs> We're running out of coal to power the book print book printers. The book machines. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep, check out my reviews on Screen Mayhem. Uh, there's going to be a retrospective review. I'm not sure how exactly I'm going to format it, but basically, um, it's looking back at Silence of the Lambs because I'm going to get an opportunity to go see it soon with Jodie Foster in attendance. Mm. So I'm going to write up sort of some of the things that she says. Thanks very much, everyone. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Mordecai is the moment in which a rich, impossibly privileged man finally plucks up the courage to absolutely murder two working class fucks. Oh,